What's up guys and welcome back to Teens of Profiling. This is lesson five of unit one and today we're talking about investigating a crime scene as you probably concluded from the title. Um, I will be creating a unit one quizlet for the unit one test that I'll post once we finish but don't be scared. We won't finish unit one till the beginning of September because now that I'm posting twice a week instead of every day, it's definitely gonna take a bit longer. But of course the test is optional, but I really hope you take it because it will help me evaluate how much information y'all are really picking up and what I can do differently to make a better learning experience for me and for you. But anyway, on with the lesson. The seven S's of investigation are the seven crucial steps to investigating a crime scene. To make sure you know the importance of them, We'll start with a case study that you probably, if not definitely, have heard before. Also, I really want to know your theories about this case and who you think did it, because I think everyone has a different opinion, so comment on my latest TikTok or DM me like who you think killed JonBenet Ramsey. The JonBenet Ramsey case is one of the most infamous in the investigative world, but only because of everything that was done so horribly, incredibly wrong with the crime scene. If you haven't watched all the hundreds of YouTube documentaries about it, this is what happened. In 1996, JonBenet Ramsey, a six-year-old pageant star, was killed. The police in Boulder, Colorado made many mistakes allowing the crime scene to be contaminated, and because of that, the killer was never found. They didn't search the house until seven hours, seven whole hours, after the police called 911, and so JonBenet's body wasn't discovered in the basement by police, instead by her father, he covered her body with a blanket and carried it to the living room, and by doing that, he contaminated the crime scene all around her. He contaminated her body. Thinking it was a kidnapping, the police didn't secure the house like they should have. And this makes me cringe so much. Friends and family were allowed to go in and out the house freely, and this makes me cringe even more, but they were allowed to start cleaning the house before it was searched. One friend was even allowed to wipe the countertops with antibacterial, wiping away very important evidence that would have revealed the identity of the killer. Oh my god. But because the police failed to secure the scene, the crime remains unsolved and John Monet Ramsey has had no justice so far. But who is even involved in a crime scene investigation? I'll tell you one thing, it's not the BAU. Criminal Minds does a poor job at showing criminal psychologists real jobs, and they will almost never ever be in the front lines, uh, let alone any dangerous situation that is for trained people like police officers and detectives who are trained for dangerous situations, not the BAU. Police officers are usually the first to arrive at the scene, um, sometimes accompanied by the district attorney to deal with warrants and things like that, but we won't be talking about that today. And crime scene investigators are the ones that document the crime scene and decide what evidence to collect. They can be anything from recorders to film the scene and sketch artists to sketch the scene, and medical examiners may also be present to document cause of death, time of death, and the detectives look for leads by interviewing witnesses and talking to crime scene investigators about evidence. Other specialists, such as forensic scientists, may also be called depending on what the scene needs. This team of people go through the seven S's of crime scene, crime scene investigation. The first S, securing the scene, is what we talked about in the JonBenet Ramsey case. Securing the scene is done by the first responder, usually the first police officer who arrives at the scene. The, the first priority is always, 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 always the safety of everyone around, with evidence collection being the second. The first responder may ask for backup, other specialists to be sent to the scene, and is also in charge of keeping a security log of everyone who enters the crime scene, and they are only allowed official personnel to enter. The next S is separating the witnesses. 
The witnesses can't talk to each other, so they can't create a fake story, and a detective or psychologist might interview the witnesses at the scene. These questions are always asked. When did the crime occur? Who called in the crime? Who was the victim? Can the offender be identified? What did you see happen? Where were you when you observed the crime scene? Things like that. S number three is scanning the scene. Forensic examiners and investigators need to scan the scene to determine what footage needs to be taken and where photos should be taken. Sometimes decisions need to be made regarding primary and secondary crime scenes, like who needs to go to each, things regarding examination, you know, decisions like that. But for example, a murder may have happened at one location. That would be the primary scene because the murder happened there, but the body may be dumped somewhere else, and that would be the secondary scene. The fourth S is seeing the scene. This includes a crime scene investigator or examiner seeing the scene and a photographer taking pictures, close-up photos where they're needed, stationary objects to be taken, um, taken with the photos, and this is when the crime scene is viewed and captured from lots and lots of different angles and distances. And it sounds similar, similar to scanning, but scanning is where the decisions happen and seeing is when they're actually executed. The next S, sketching is when an accurate sketch of the crime scene is taken apart from the photos. The sketch will always note the position of the body if there is one and any other evidence in the scene. All structures are included in the sketch and anything else in the vicinity like doors, windows, furniture. Later, a more accurate sketch can be taken for court and legal purposes and that's usually done with a computer program and cool nifty things like that. But the sixth, the sixth S may be obvious, but it's searching for evidence. Depending on how many investigators there are, different patterns are walked to collect evidence. The patterns are strategic and systematic, and they make sure that no area is left unsearched. If investigators just wandered around looking for evidence like they do in the TV shows, they might unknowingly miss a spot, thinking that someone else already searched it, or just forget about it altogether. I can't really explain what the patterns look like, but I'll insert a picture on the Google Classroom transcript um, from a textbook I read. Sometimes additional light or tools may be needed to pick up evidence because you can't really pick up a clothing fiber with your hands unless you're like a child or something, I don't know. Basically, it will never happen the way it does in Criminal Minds. The BAU can't just walk in to wander into a crime scene, pick up whatever they want and leave. It doesn't work like that. Everything is strategic, planned out and done in a certain way. No one will ever just walk into the scene, introduce themselves saying, I'm Special Agent JJ and like pick up whatever they want and that just it's not like that the last s is securing and collecting the evidence there are specific ways that evidence needs to be packaged sealed and labeled for example liquids and arson remains must be stored in airtight unbreakable containers most biological evidence is stored in breathable containers so it can dry out and it's packaged in a paper bindle and evidence log and chain of custody form must also be attached to the evidence container or bag or whatever it's stored in. The evidence log must contain the case number, item inventory number, description of the evidence, name of suspect, name of victim, date and time of recovery, signature of person recovering the evidence, and the signature of the witnesses present during the collection. That's a lot for one piece of evidence, but there it is. That's for lesson five, guys, and stay tuned tomorrow for how to actually gather the evidence we talked about today at the crime scene. And we'll also talk about how two important case studies um, kind of show this um, and it will relate to today's lesson. And there's a super, super interesting assignment on Google Classroom pertaining to this lesson where you'll get to analyze a real case by yourself using what we learned today. And again, if you have any questions or suggestions for teens of profiling, we are always, always, always willing to hear them and improve. So please let me know. And I hope you learned something new.